Okay. Good morning. Normally, that's the announcement. Uh, now, at this point in time, it's good evening. Uh, soon to be good night. But anyway, we're going to be uh, doing today's daf. Today's daf and getting is Ayin Bays. We're starting with the mission Ayin Alpha Mid Bays and Amrulo. Uh, we are continuing over here with the authorization, the husband's authorization to write a gift to his wife. And so the Mishnah is going to go over a number of scenarios where he's authorizing. Amrullah, let's first uh, get familiar with the language of the Mishnah. And obviously, there is much to discuss regarding this Mishnah. Uh, Amrullah, so he said, so they said to him, in other words, they are now addressing the person who is going to be giving a get, Nechtagat um, Lishtecha. And uh, what he wanted to do was he, uh, he was, um, the um, he didn't have any children and he wanted to save his wife from having to do the mitzvah of Yibam. And so basically, Nechtov get Lishtecha. So uh, let us write a get for your wife, Amr Lahem, and so fine. So in other words, so everything everything is set the table, set in order for him uh, to divorce his wife, but he has to authorize, as we've discussed already time and again. And what does he say? Amr Lahem Ksuvu. So, uh, so he said Ksuvu. In other words, just simply write the get. Amr Lahsofer Vikasov. Okay, so his instructions are insufficient. So um, they went ahead and they told the sofa to go ahead and write. And they instructed the Adam to, to sign. In other words, you had basically two people who were, uh, who, who were processing all of this. And the two people, based on his instructions, but remember, this is a critical point of the Mishnah, is that his instructions only amounted to one word, and that significant one word that he said was ksuvu. You must write it. That's the only word of authorization that he received. And those that were presiding had the sofa write it, and had the sign, ate him sign it, and so, and everything was done, and, and it was given, and it was given to the husband, and he then in turn gives it to her, so the get is not going to be a good, good get. Achiom lasofa ksuvu leidim chasumu. In other words, the Mishnah says that what do we need? Direct authorization from the husband to the people that are going to be instrumental. The sofer is going to write it and the Adam are going to sign it. So in the first part of the Mishnah, what seems to be abundantly clear is that there has to be a direct authorization from husband to the principals. I say principals over here. I'm talking about the sofer and the Adam, right? Three people that are involved. Now, time um, the law martinu. Uh, immediately what the, uh, what the Gemara does is it picks up on the Mishnah and, um, the Gemara notes what seems to be a discrepancy between the first and second half of the Mishnah. In the first half of the Mishnah, Taima Delo Amartinu. Amartinu nosnin. So, money, Rebbe Meir, Damar Mile, Mimson, Meaning, if I were to just sit on the first half of the Mishnah and, and really put focus and emphasis on the first half of the Mishnah, what's the failure? Meaning, in the Mishnah, the Mishnah illustrated an example where, which resulted in a failure. What is the failure? So if you look at the first half of the Mishnah, what it sounds like is, is that he just simply was scarce in what he instructed. He said the word kasvuhu, write it. And what, and, and what's the failure? He didn't also say the word vitunu. Now, earlier in the Mishnah, if you remember, so we said that, you know, we can, uh, we, we can, we can waive that. But that's in extenuating circumstances. If he's a shchimera, uh, if he is a holech lamos, in other words, in extenuating circumstances, so we can, we can give him a pass on not saying the word to know. But our Mishnah is not talking about extenuating circumstances. Our Mishnah is talking about Stam, a guy. And in the Mishnah, he said his instructions were kasvuhu, but he didn't say the word to know. Ah. And as a result of that, so that's, that's why the, uh, the case ends in failure. The get's not going to be a good get. A masefa. But now, as I keep reading in the Mishnah, so, ad shiom lasofer ksov, ule edim chasumu. 
So Asan le Rabbi Yossi Damra Milo Mimsolishliach. Sorry. Before I I'm sorry. I, let me just go back for one moment because I want to I want to explain I didn't explain anything wrong. I just want to explain one one more point that is essential to understanding our Gemara. Okay. Now, what if he said whatever. What if he gave both instructions? So would that work? If I stopped at the first half of the Mishnah, it would work. And this is a critical point. And even if he didn't directly speak to the principals, even if he spoke to two people who were just going to preside over the whole thing. In other words, it was an indirect communication between the husband and the sofa and the Adam. Even still, the get would be a good get. Why? So the Gemara says, because our Mishnah subscribes to Rabbi Meir. And Rabbi Meir says, Mili Mimsur. Okay, let's go back. Let's review because we have done this before, but let's do this again. We do have a fundamental machlokas. We just touched on it a couple days ago in terms of when can a shliach subcontract to another shliach? If you're giving a physical item to deliver, so gesunt hate. He can go ahead and pass it on to another shliach, to another shliach, v'chule v'chule, and that would be fine. However, can you instruct a shliach to go ahead and instruct somebody else to do something? And that is a machlokas between Rameir and Rav Yossi. Rameir says yes. And the way that's phrased in the Gemara is Mile Mimsara. That what you could do is that you can instru- you can pass on instructions. So you don't have to be speaking to the principals. You could speak to somebody and he's gonna go- he's gonna deliver your instructions, and according to Rav Meir, that would work. That would work just fine. Masha'inkin, according to Rav Yossi, Mile Lo Mimsara. So when you look at our Mishnah and you stop at the first half of the Mishnah, what conclusion do you arrive at? The failure is because he said the word kisfu and he didn't say the word tenu. Had he said kisfu and tenu, it would be fine. And here's the key part. Even if he didn't speak directly to the sofa and the adim, even though there was a middleman in the middle, it's still going to work. If this is right, if this is a correct understanding of the mission, the first half of the mission is going like Rameir. Stop, pause. Okay, take, take a moment to digest. That's already a lot of information. Now the Gemara is going to go to the second half of the Mishnah, Ema Seifa, but let's now move on to the second half. And the Mishnah says, do you know when the get is going to be good get? Only when he speaks directly to the principles. Meaning, he's going to be speaking directly to the sofa and directly to the, to the Adam signing on, on the get. Then and only then the get is going to be a good get. Now, when you hear the second half of the Mishnah, who are you hearing? It's pretty clear. You're hearing Rabbi Yossi. And the Gemara makes exactly that point. And so now, as I separate the Mishnah into two parts, the first half and the second half of the Mishnah, and now what it sounds like is that the first half of the Mishnah is subscribing to the view of Rameir, and the second half is subscribing to the view of Rabbi Yossi, and that's what's called inconsistent. And generally speaking, when we're given one Mishnah, a, a single Mishnah is not going to be vacillating between two positions. Generally speaking, that's what we're going to say when looking at a Mishnah. And meanwhile, our Mishnah seems to be wavering. First half going like Rameir, second half going like Rav Yossi. How are we going to resolve this problem? So the first resolution of the problem is in Reisha Rameir Vesefer Rav Yossi. So the Gemara says, yeah, I know generally speaking we don't like to split a Mishnah into two different Shittas, but over here, what am I going to tell you? It seems to be that's a correct conclusion. Abai Amar, so now what the Gemara is going to do is try, at least attempt, to give a one singular voice to the Mishnah, either the Mishnah in its entirety is going to be going like Rav Meir, or it's going to be going like Rav Yossi, and we start with Abaye. So Abaye, Amar, Kula, Rav Meir, the entire Mishnah is going like Rav Meir, Vachaba, Maizkin, and Dola, Amar, Tenu. Ah. So uh, I'll tell you, the uh, the Mishnah is going like Rav Meir. Now remember, according to Rav Meir, Mili, Mili Mimsere, you can go ahead, and you don't have to speak directly to the sofa. You don't have to speak directly to the Adim. 
you could speak to somebody who will speak to them. I, uh, it's your, you are, you're a subcontracting shlichus, you could do that. Even if it's melee, you're allowed to do that. So now, the first half of the Mishnah works out great, because in the first half of the Mishnah, what was the problem? The problem is you didn't say the word tenu. What about the second half of the Mishnah? Because in the second half of the Mishnah, what it sounds like is, where does the problem lie? In the fact that you didn't speak directly to the principles. According to our mayor, you don't have to. So in the second half of the Mishnah, how can that agree with Rab Meir? So the Gemara's response, Abai's proposal is, Abai Amar Kula Rabbi Meir, Skin and Tanu. So in the second half of the Mishnah, do you know why he fails? It fails because he didn't say the word Tanu. The Gemara says, yeah, if that's really where the failure lies, so then the Mishnah should say that. That should, that should have been a clear point in the Mishnah itself. So, So the Gemara says, well, Maybe the, the problem is that you didn't speak to three, meaning in order for your instructions to be then delivered and, and subcontracted to the next, so what you need to do is you need to speak to not one, not two, but you need to speak to three. Why three? Because three makes the base in. And once you say three, so the, uh, so once you say three, so then they can go ahead and, 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 and forward your instructions. You see, if you, if you speak to one, if you speak to two, even if you speak to two, they cannot forward your instructions. The only, the only body, the only entity that can forward your instructions is a based in. So you know what's happening in the second half of the Mishnah? Even though Rameir says Mile Mimsere, but Mile Mimsere only when you instruct a based in. And in the second half of the Mishnah, it wasn't a based in. So the Gemara says, okay. So So if that's really where the failure lies, the Mishnah needs to say that. Meaning the Mishnah is telling us in the second half of the, uh, second half of the Mishnah, it's because of this why the, the get doesn't work. Well, we're proposing maybe it's because, um, maybe it's because you didn't say Tanu. Mishnah should have said that. Maybe it's because you weren't speaking to three. Mishnah should have said that. So the, uh, so Elakula, so the Gemara, fine. So, uh, fine. So, uh, we have now attempted to say that our entire Mishnah is going like Rabbi Meir, but the Gemara really struck out. Meaning even though the first half of the Mishnah certainly sounds like Rab Meir, but the second half really doesn't sound like Rab Meir. And we're trying to squeeze Rab Meir into the second half of the Mishnah. And the truth of the matter is, is that the Gemara has not arrived at a satisfactory explanation. Elakula Rab Yossi. So, uh, so after uh, a rejection of Abai's proposal, the Gemara now gives another proposal. Just as an interesting short note over here. In other words, the Gemara does not credit who is, who's proposing. We know Abaye proposed that the entire mission is going like Rameir, although the Gemara says that we have, we've hidden impasse, but at least we've ascribed it to Abaye. Over here, the Gemara says it, but without saying who. Who's saying it? Could be that this is a continuation of Abaye. So, Elakula Reb Yosihi. So, Hachabemaiskin and Dolamar Imru. Ah, our entire mission is going like Reb Yosi. Now, remember, Reb Yosi is of the position that Mile Lomimsere. You cannot, you cannot hand over just instructions to a Shliach and have him then hand over the instructions to somebody else. Instructions cannot be subcontracted. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yossi. So if that's the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, so we go back to our Mishnah. Now, the second half of the Mishnah, as we already pointed out, perfect. In other words, it really sounds exactly like Rabbi Yossi. Why? Because when you read the second half of the Mishnah, when is the get going to be good? Get only under the conditions where I speak directly to the Sofer and the Adem. Then and only then, the get's going to be a good get. Okay? Meaning that's Rabbi Yossi. So in the first half of the Mishnah, the Mishnah says, do you know why it's not good? And the Mishnah says, because you didn't say the word tenu. But, but, but that's not it. In other words, that's not the issue. The issue is, you didn't speak directly to the principles. So, Alakula Rav Yossi, and Hachabah Maiskin, and Dolomar Imru. And the, uh, and what we'll suggest is as follows. That uh, maybe the entire Mishnah is going like Rav Yossi, and Rav Yossi says that you cannot, 
you, you cannot pass instructions on from one shliach to another. Uh, but Rav Yosef will have a carve-out. Now, I hope you remember this because we did this just a couple of days ago and we get to review this discussion again. Here's the controversy. We know what Rav Yossi says. Mile lo mimsere. That's the opinion of Rav Yossi. That part's clear. Does Rav Yossi have a noted exception? And maybe, meaning it's debatable. What about in the case where Rav Yossi, according to Rav Yossi, where you go ahead and you tell the shleach, here's what I want you to do, and Omer Imru, and I'm telling you to go now go and speak to so-and-so and so-and-so. So even though Rav Yossi's default position is that Mile lo mimsere, but if I'm telling him to do so, will that serve as a carve-out, a, an exception? Will that override Rav Yossi's general position? Omer Imru. So uh, so the Gemara says, maybe that's what our Mishnah is talking about, where you didn't say the words Omer Imru. So so hachi achi Omer Imru mibayle. So again, the Gemara says, that's very difficult because then, if that's really what's bothering the Mishnah, the Mishnah should say so. Meaning, again, the Mishnah is trying to give us an example of why the get's no good. And if we, and, and if the Mishnah doesn't say it and we're only trying to squeeze it into the Mishnah, yeah, but you would expect the Mishnah to give an explanation or to give our proposed explanation and the Mishnah's not doing that. And, and Ihachi, I'm sorry, I read that, Va'od. And for, and furthermore, and now we get to review a discussion that we had just a couple of days ago. Mimodu Rav Yosef, Imru. I don't know if Rav Yosef has a carve out. I don't think Rav Yosef has an exception to his rule. Ve'atanan, let's consider the following. We're going to be doing this Mishnah. A couple of weeks from now, right, today's 72, this is now Pei Zion, 87, yeah, okay. So a couple of weeks from now, we're going to be doing this Mishnah, that if I have a sofer writing and I have an aid signing, the get's going to be a kosher get, as we already pointed out. When you read this Mishnah, we will be doing this in Yerzah Shem in two weeks, when you read the Mishnah, right, almost impossible to understand, a sofer and one aid. A sofer and one aid? And the get's kosher? What is, what's going on over there? Amr of Yirmiya, so in explaining the Mishnah, Rav Yirmiya said, Chasim Sofer Shanina, what we're talking about is the following. Yes, of course, the Sofer is writing the get. <laughs> Who else is writing the get? Of course, it's the Sofer writing the get. But in addition to the Sofer writing the get, he's also signing the get as well. Meaning, Sav Sofer doesn't just simply mean he's writing. It means he's writing and he's signing. So who are signing now on the get? You have the Sofer and you have, and you have an aid. So, Ve'amr of Chista Masisamani, Rabbi Yossi. Now, within this interpretation of Rav Yirmiya, so then you have to add the following point, and that's the point of Rav Chista. And that is, is that with Rav Yirmiya's understanding of that Mishnah, the Mishnah can only be going like Rav Yossi, and it cannot be going like Rav Meir. Okay. Now, this point over here is slightly challenging, it's slightly difficult, but we said it, and we're going to say it again. The more times we're going to go over this point, the more we're going to, the better we're going to appreciate it. Why does that Mishnah have to def- def- definitively go like Rav Yossi? Why can't it go like Rav Meir? Okay, it's because here's what's happening over here. Meaning, I'm asking a sofa to go ahead and write the get. And what the Mishnah is telling us is, is that in the event that the sofa goes ahead and signs it, together with one other, one other A, the, the, the get's going to be a kosher get. That's what the Mishnah is teaching us. Why does that Mishnah, uh, um, uh, specifically, necessarily, why does the Mishnah have to be going like Rav Yossi? I'll tell you why. Because let's imagine for a moment it's going like Rav Meir. Now, according to Rav Meir, what happened? The husband's authorizing. Hey, do me a favor. Now, according to Rav Meir, I don't have to speak to the principals. We can play telephone. I'll speak to the person who then, in, in, who then I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to basically make him the, the, uh, the, um, the authorizer. <laughs> he'll be the, he'll be the middleman. He'll be the one putting the team together. So now I'll tell him, look, here's, here's what I want. Uh, I want, I, I want him to write it and I want those two to sign it. And according to our mayor, you could do that. 
Now, in your instructions that you gave, you specified who's going to be writing the get and who's going to be signing the get. Okay. Now, according to Rameer, let's play along in the scenario. What's going to happen now? So my guy that I, that I sent to put it all together, the organizer, so he now is going to go to the sofa and he's going to say, you know, so-and-so is getting a divorce, you know, and he asked me to ask you to go ahead and write the get sofa and then so on. And the sofa said, okay, good. Oh, and I'll sign it as well. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm there anyway, so I'll write the get and I'll sign it as well. Now, the organizer's thinking to himself, now, that's not what the husband said, but I really feel bad. In other words, right now, I, I'm, I run the risk of embarrassing him and hurting his feelings. So you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to tell him, yeah, 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 yeah. He said, you're going you're gonna to write and you're going to sign. And now, once we're here, I understand, by the way, he created a whole storyline. But once we're here, now the get's obviously not going to be a good get. Because as far as the husband is concerned, he gave very clear instructions of who's writing and who's signing the get. But he's not speaking to the people directly. He's only speaking to them through a third party. And now the third party runs the risk of basically changing the instructions, maybe for not wanting to hurt somebody's feeling. In this case, the sofa. Now, all this would result to be a problem if I held like Rav Meir. Now, let's pull back. Now let's do the whole thing again, but now let's go like Rav Yossi. You see, according to Rav Yossi, there is no middleman. There is never a middleman. According to Rav Yossi, the only way that my authorization works is if I speak directly to the principals. We, at this point in time, we have no problem of running the risk of hurting someone's feelings. Meaning, I'm going to go to the surfer, I'm going to say, you're writing it. I'm going to go to two witnesses, and I'm going to say, you, the two of you are signing it. There cannot possibly be any miscommunication, as I am now, can only speak to the principals themselves. So when the Mishnah says that I can have a surfer signing on the get, that only works within the sheet of Rav Yossi, can't work within the sheet of Rav Meir. I hope I was clear about all that. I understand that part's a little bit tricky, but that's why Rav Yirmiyah is assuming, well, Rav Yirmiyah gave the Pshat in the Mishnah, and Rav Chist is assuming that the Mishnah only works according to Rav Yossi, not like Rav Meir. Now, Gemara makes its point. And we are second line down. And the Gemara now points out, if Rav Yossi will have a moment where he agrees with Rav Meir, in the case of Omer Imru, Rav Yossi's position is mile mimsare, like Rav Meir, so everything we just said is a concern for Rameir will now turn into a concern for Rav Yossi. And we therefore, we're, we're not, we're, we have no time left to take that Mishnah and, 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 and have that Mishnah conform to that position. Meaning, or let's put it in other words, Rav Yossi has to have no exception, no exclusion. There never is a case where Rav Yossi is going to say that Mile Mimsre. Rav Yossi will fundamentally say, absolutely say, Mile Lo Mimsre. And therefore, in the case of that Mishan, Pezayin will be fine. Because the only way that the authorization is going to work is only when you speak to the principles, and there's never going to be an exception. Okay, so, um, like we concluded a couple of days ago, and we just concluded again today, Rav Yossi says, and there's no exclusion. Now, when we go back to our Mishnah, now we get to reset the question. Meaning, the first half of the Mishnah is going like Rav the second half of the Mishnah is going like Rav Yossi. The Gemara has attempted two times over, to have either the whole Mishnah go like Rav Meir, very challenging, or to have the entire Mishnah go like Rav Yossi, also very challenging. So, So the Gemara says, fine, fine. So at this point in time, we're kind of locked into the uncomfortable position of the Mishnah, basically take the Mishnah and break it into two parts. Okay. 
Ad Khan. That takes us really, well, no, I'm sorry. We're, we're almost done with the first part of today's daf. Uh, just a couple of wrap-up points. Rav Ashi Amar Kula Rav Yosihi. Now, as much as the Gemara said, we, we have failed in our attempt to divide the mission into two parts. Uh, Rav Ashi says, I think you could do it. I, can, I think you can have the whole mission going like Rav Yosi. And lo mi bai kamar. And then, in order to fit the, our mission to be told like Rav Yosi, so you have to understand the mission stylistically in the style of lo mi bai kamar. Okay, you know, you learn enough Gemara, you learn enough Mishnayos, so you know Lomi Bai Kamar is a style of mission in which, I, I don't have to tell you this, and, and it, it goes without saying this, and it goes without saying this. In other words, basically what you do is that you're front-loading the Chiddush and the Mishnah. So Lomi Bai Hechadolamar Tanu, it goes without saying that even if I don't say the word, if I don't say the word Tanu, meaning just by simply leaving absent the word Tanu already creates a failure. But the Mishnah says, but, that we know already. Even if I said the word tenu, it doesn't work uh, because, uh, in other words, uh, I'm not speaking to the principles directly. So the um, so velomi by And and what if I'm talking to three people? Meaning, can't I make the argument that look, I know my instructions can't be passed along to one person, two people, maybe three people, it'll work. So the, that's the next part of the Mishnah. No, even if I'm talking to three people, it's not going to work. And even if I said Imru, meaning that I'm not only authorizing you to, t- to tell somebody else, I'm instructing you to tell somebody else. That's all my Imru. It's still not going to work. In other words, according to Rav Ashi, the entire Mishnah is like Rav Yossi. And stylistically, the Mishnah is just telling us, it goes without saying in this case, goes without saying in this case, Basically, I'm flatly saying, with no exclusion and no exception, that you cannot authorize somebody to authorize somebody else to write a get. You must be speaking directly to the shliach and the edim. Tanya Kavasi the Rav Ashi, the Gemara now points out, we have a Bryce going like Rav Ashi. Chasav sof l'shma. Chismu edim l'shma. Af apishe kasvu v'chasmu v'nasnu alo v'nasnu la harei gabato achi yishmu kolo shiyom l'sofrik sov v'leidim chasomo. So here in the Bryce, it's pretty clear, more than pretty clear, uh, right? It's, it's it's a pretty solid brisa that that says that in order for a get to work, where you're authorizing, you have to speak. The brisa says they have to hear your voice. You have to speak, and you have to tell them directly. The sofa, the adim, hey, you're writing, and you're going to be signing. Now, Tanya Kavasi, the Rev Ashi, I just read all that. Sorry, Lafuke Mimanda Amar Modur of Yosef Balmer Imro. Sorry, I, I skipped an important word. Yishmu lafuki miman da amar modi rav yosi ba omer imro. Okay, so uh, in the brayso we have two what seems to be extraneous words. They're not extraneous. The word yishmu tells me that 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 um, the uh, that anyone who says that there is an exception, rav yosi is wrong. There is no exception in rav yosi. Rav yosi says mile lo mimsere, and that's flat. And and there and there's no carve out. There's no exclusion. You must be talking directly to the principles. That's number one. That's Yishmu. They have to hear you. And then there's another word in the Bryce, the Bikolo. And what are we learning out from the word Bikolo? So, uh, and that excludes what we learned in yesterday's daf, right? We spent an entire daf yesterday learning, uh, that the, um, that a who, who still is, who still has mental faculty, i.e., became Cheresh later in life, uh, but he just simply, uh, he can't speak and he can't hear. So can he authorize the writing of of a get in writing? In other words, can he authorize authorize via writing? So remember, yesterday we spent an entire day yesterday by Rav Kahana litigating this very point. Rav Kahana said yes, and uh, we also pointed out, by the way, that that's the accepted viewpoint. 
However, in this b'risa, whoever the author of the b'risa is, is not in agreement. Why? Because the b'risa adds the word kolo. What is kolo coming to tell me? You actually have to articulate. You have to verbalize. In other words, the only authorization that's going to be valid ver- uh, authorization is verbal authorization. Okay. And and I guess it's a little bit strange, by the way, because uh, I don't know. Yesterday we, we yesterday yesterday was the Rav Kahana day, meaning Ein Alf and Gittin is the day in which we talked about written authorization. And it's a little bit funny that in today's daf, I know it's only one daf later, but in today's daf, the Gemara brings down a brisa that, oh, by the way, this price is against Rav Kahana. Okay. Anyway, but as we pointed out yesterday, the halacha is like Rav Kahana. Okay. That takes us to the first half of today's daf. We are now at the Mishnah. Uh, we're on Ein Beis Amid Aleph. We are starting with the Mishnah. And this is going to be our next big, next big discussion for today. Uh, the Mishnah begins. Zegitech im masi. Okay, so uh, Mishnah gives three scenarios in which the get's not going to be good get. Uh, the uh, in, in uh, the the first example and the, and the second two are similar, but in the first example zegitech im masi. Now im masi means uh, together with my death. Now if I if I had better grammar, which I don't, but if I had better grammar, I would know whether the correct pronunciation is im masi or im masi. I think it's masi, but I'm not sure. And and you know. Obviously, it'd be better grammar-wise, but whatever the case is, the uh, he says to. In other words, if I were to try to translate this to English, this will be my this will be a get with my death. Now, with my death is ambiguous, right? And it's ambiguous in Hebrew as well. What does that mean? Imasi. So you look at Rashi over here. Demashma lechishamus get lachamisa. So our Mishnah clearly does not view it as an ambiguous statement, but imasi means that when I die, immediately thereafter, the get should be a valid get. Now, the get's not going to be a valid get because we have a very basic principle that comes up a number of times. And here in Gittin, this is obviously the main place to see it in today's daf. And that is the idea of inget lachemisa. You cannot deliver a get after you died. Okay. Now, why is it? So the answer seems to be extraordinarily obvious. In other words, the marriage has terminated. In other words, what a get does is that the get terminates the marriage. But upon your death, the marriage already now is terminated. And so, upon the termination of the marriage, you cannot re-terminate the marriage. Right. That, that's the simplest explanation. Now, it happens to be that in the worlds of yeshiva and the world of lambdas, there happens to be multiple explanations that are given, and a whole shear could be built on it. And in fact, not it could be, but a whole shear is built on it. For our purposes right now, for the daf, just for a simple understanding of the Mishnah, ain't get lachemisa, there's no get that can be delivered after death, because death really terminates the marriage, and that's it. That's it. So and 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 so now, after you die, even though you wrote the get, obviously before you died, and even though you uh, you uh, you gave instructions, but if the instructions are that the get should be delivered after I die, so then the get has not going to have any validity towards. However, she she will be a widow, not a divorcee, with all the halachas which which kick in. As a widow, she'll be eligible and subject to yibum. As a widow, she will she will be able to marry a kohen, etc. etc. Okay. So the, uh, and as long as, we, as long as we read the Mishnah, just to be clear, so the Mishnah gives three scenarios. Number one, and that is Zegitech Imasi, Zegitech Micholize, and Zegitech Lachemisa. But all three of the expressions in the Mishnah all, are, are, all are pointing to the same conclusion, and that is, is that what he wanted to do is to get to take effect after he died, and, and get Lachemisa, it simply doesn't work. Now, Mehayom Imasi, Mehachav Imasi, Arezeget. So if he says mehayom or me'achshav, so now this is a whole different scenario. In other words, he's writing the get before before he died, obviously, 
And what he says is, I want to be, I want the get to be effective immediately. But all, all I'm doing now is throwing in a condition. And the condition is my death. In other words, when I die, the get will be valid, but retroactive, retroactively to today. That's fine. That's perfectly good. In fact, by the way, remember, that's how, they, that's how they did it back in the good old days when people went out to war, right? Uh, lengthy discussion, uh, I forgot, I forgot. I forget which stuff, but anyway, lengthy discussion when they went out to Mechama and the get was given. And remember, in defense of David Amelch, that's what happened with with Uriah and and and, and Bacheva. And anyway, anyway, so but but it's fine. In other words, such a construction of of, of instructions are fine uh, because what you're doing is effectively you're giving a you're throwing in a condition, but the get is going to be effective immediately. Okay, so far so good. So we basically now in the Mishnah have the two obvious and extreme positions. If you want the get to be effective after you die, that's no good because then get lachemisa. If you want the get, get to be effective now, just based on a condition that occurs later on, even if the condition is your death, but still the get's going to be good because the get will go retroactive to the time that you gave it. So far, so good. Those are the two contrasting points in the Mishnah. Very clear. Here's here's where it's going to get unclear, ambiguous. Mehayom misa. So now, as you give the get now, and so you say a confusing sentence. Mehayom from today, ula achar misa, and after I die. Now, what just happened over there? Meaning, it seems it seems like you're giving two critical points in terms of when the get should take uh, uh, should take effect. You're saying today, but you're also saying after you die. W- what just happened over there is is after you die, just simply a condition that I'm throwing in, but I really want the get to be activated, effective immediately. Alternatively, ula achar misa could be understand that you know what I'm doing. I'm choser. I'm, I'm retracting, meaning I say now. No, I don't mean now. I really mean misa. And so now, in this case in the Mishnah, what do we have? Ambiguity. Uh, we have another word to describe ambiguity. It's called suffix. And so the Mishnah says, so get veino get. Okay, so now because of the ambiguity and because we're simply unsure, so get veino get. And so the, uh, and, and so in the event that there is a yibum opportunity, well, we don't know if She's a divorcee or a widow. A widow is eligible for yibum. A divorcee is absolutely forbidden. So therefore, chalitza, but no yibum. Okay. Um, and finally, the last case of the Mishnah is as follows. He does a conditional clause. In other words, it's clear that's a conditional clause. This get is going to be a valid get. From now, right, contingent upon my death. And then what happens is as follows. As he was writing these instructions, he was really sick. So clearly what he was expecting to do is he was expecting to die from this illness. And then, mamish, a miraculous recovery. But then, shortly after miraculous recovery, he then went in and, and, uh, and become sick again. And so what you need over here is you need medical, uh, you need a medical opinion. And now, if the medical opinion that you're getting is, is that the second round was the second round of the same illness, and then he dies from that second round. So now what we could say is, is that the condition is fulfilled, and the get will be effective retroactive to the original giving. If, on the other hand, this is a new illness, so then condition is not fulfilled, because the condition was, if I die from this illness, so upon recovery and then and, and, and then contracting another illness, so the, uh, so the, uh, so this is not a satisfaction of the condition, and therefore the get is not retroactive, and therefore the get's no good. Okay. 
So uh, Alma, okay, so uh, so far what do we have in our Mishnah over here? Uh, we have basically been introduced ourselves to one of the most uh, uh, the most basic principles here in our Masechta, and ein get la'achemisa, a get cannot be a valid get after you die. So if the get is both issued and, 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 and stamped that it's going to be effective before you die, and the death is just a condition, that's fine. If on the other hand you give her a get and you say, this get will be good after I die, im masi, so then the get's no good because ein get la'achemisa. That's the basic point of the Mishnah. And then the Mishnah had two nuanced uh, nuanced uh, points after that. Number one is uh, what if he uses ambiguous language? It's a suffix. And number two, what if the condition was if I die from this illness and he recovers and then he gets ill again? And then the and then what we need is medical advice, medical opinion in terms of whether or not the second illness is just a continuation of the first one. Okay. So for a second time in today's daf, so we have ambiguity in the Mishnah because the word imasi, what does it mean? Well, if I read the first part of the Mishnah, it means it's, it sounds like imasi is to be interpreted as after I die, clearly. But then we read on in the Mishnah and it says mehayom imasi. Mehayom imasi means me'achshav. So the, um, and so therefore imasi does not mean after I die. So, which way do we go with im masi? So, Amar Abaye. So, for a second time today, Abaye is going to be trying to resolve a discrepancy in the Mishnah. It happened once in the previous Mishnah, in today's daf, and now it's happening a second time. Amar Abaye, im masi, shte lishonus mashma mashma, kemiachshav, umashma keelachar, misa. Amar le mehayom, keman da amar le mehachshav dami. Velo amar le, lo amar le mehayom, keman da amar le achar misa dami. Okay. So Abai says, "Look, uh, the imasi by itself is not is not uh, clear in terms of whether or not means currently or in the future. It is, it, in other words, the phrase by itself has built in ambiguity, and so therefore, when something has built in ambiguity, what do you do? Contextual clues. When I say mehayom imasi, so clearly what that means is me'achshav. If I say imasi by itself, I mean la'achamisa." Fine. Okay. Uh, if he says uh, this will be the get uh, uh, upon my death. Meaning, uh, the, the, we're going to the first case of our Mishnah where he says im masi. And remember, it is im masi by itself means after I die. So Okay. Now, when you read the Mishnah before we before we're about to explain Ravuna. So I would have told you the simplest explanation of the, of, of, of the Mishnah is that Lo Amar means he said nothing. Generally speaking, that's what Lo Amar means. Which means now that the get has absolutely zero validity to it whatsoever. No, okay. Because because they didn't get La Chemisa. Now this woman over here, let's say she was a candidate for Yubam, and let's say that her husband, uh, her, her, um, her husband did die. We don't have to say. In other words, in the case under review, the husband died. And now the brother-in-law comes over so uh, the brother-in-law should be able to do Yibam, right? And this is where Ravuna steps in. Ravuna says, no. The brother-in-law will not be doing Yibam. The brother-in-law will only be doing Chalitza. In other words, I, I know she's a widow, but Ravuna says, but I'm not totally sure. I'm not 100% convinced that she's a widow. There is a chance that she's a divorcee. As a divorcee, she's not, she's not eligible for Yibam. Okay. Now, the, the obvious difficulty, which we're about to explore, is that, that's not what the Mishnah sounds like. The Mishnah says, the Harei Zikitech Lacher Masi, Lo Amar Klum. 
I don't know what the Mishnah has to say other than Loam or Klum to tell me that it said nothing. And meanwhile, Ravuna says, you know, I'm still on the fence. So, so I basically just set up set us up for the next point of the Gemara, meaning how in the world could you say that's Pshat in our Mishnah? Loam or Klum da Asir Leama, Uliyaba Nami Asiri. So the so the Gemara suggests that Loam or Klum just simply means that she's also to everybody else, but she's also going to be also to the to the Yavam as well, meaning even the Yavam himself will have no. Uh, n- no allowance to go ahead and to be with her, even though she's a widow. The Gemara says no. Again, I, I don't think that's correct. Again, when you look at the Mishnah in totality, you realize this is not the correct shot in the Mishnah. Only later in the Mishnah, remember that ambiguous language in the Mishnah, only in that scenario now, because of a suffix, we're going to say, and that was a later case in the Mishnah, which clearly indicates that in the early case in the Mishnah, the one we're discussing right now, uh, there is absolutely no suffix whatsoever. There's no ambiguity whatsoever. If you issue a get that's going to be effective after you die, the get is zero. It's nothing. She is 100% a widow and 100% eligible for, Yiv- for Yibum. So the Gemara acknowledges, you know what? You are right. You're right. When Rav Huna was making his comment, Rav Huna was not commenting on our Mishnah. There really is no other way to read our Mishnah. What Rav Huna was doing is Rav Huna was, was concerned about another person's opinion, another Tana's opinion, notably the viewpoint of Rav Yossi. Now, really, to appreciate Rav Yossi, what you have to go, you do is go and review the Gemara Baba Basra, Daf Kuf Lamed Vav. Uh, Rashi does it. I'm not going to do it right now in the interest of time. Uh, but in other words, but really, if you want to really appreciate Rav Yossi, see the Gemara Baba Basra. But basically, Rav Yossi's position is the following. Whenever there's any kind of ambiguity of when a document should be, when is, when is the effectiveness of the document, Rav Yossi says, I will, I, will, I will point to the date on the document. That will be your strongest clue and indicator when, the, when does the document take effect. And so, according to Rav Yossi, even if I use language which sounds a little fuzzy, or even in our Mishra's case, by the way, it's not even fuzzy, Right, get I'm sorry, im masi, or or alternatively misa. In any one of those scenarios, so your language indicates that you want the get to be effective later. According to Rav Yossi, yeah, but you know what? Look at the actual document itself. In our discussion, obviously, we're talking about a get, and look at the date in the get. According to Rav Yossi, the strongest evidence of when it the document should take effect is the date written in the in, in the document. And even though your language was a little bit weird. It doesn't matter. According to Rav Yossi, it takes effect now. Why? Because of the date that's written into the document. And so Rav Huna says, so you know, I'm a subscriber to Rav Yossi. And since I subscribe to Rav Yossi, even though your language indicated that the get should take effect after you die, nevertheless, look at the debt, look at the get, look at when it's dated. Obviously, it's dated when it's written, obviously. And so therefore, that's when you wanted it to take effect. And that's why... I maintain, says Ravuna, that I don't think she's a widow. Now, hopefully, if, if you're totally following me right now, you'll, the following question should enter your mind. If, if that's true, if Ravuna's following Raviosi, so then she should 100% be a divorcee. If the get is now having the, if, sorry, if the date is having the get now retroactive to the time of the date, so she should absolutely be a Grusha. 
And, and, and Rav Huna, meanwhile, says, you know what? She should do chalitza. What do you mean? The, uh, she, she shouldn't have to do anything. Not yibum, not chalitza. Okay, hold that thought. If you're, if you're following me, that, that definitely should bother you. So the Gemara says, I, let me read any, I didn't read any of this yet. I just explained everything outside. So Masis and Rabban and Armish is going like the Chachamim. And Ravuna, uh, ke, uh, Ravuna Damar, ke Rabiosi, Damar is Manashoshtar, Mokhechalav. And Ravuna falls like Raviosi, and that is the Zmanushoshtar. You look at the date of the document. So, E Rabiosi, Chalitza Namiloti, Baye, good. The Gemara now asks exactly our question. So, if you're telling me that Ravuna subscribes to Raviosi, and the date is going to be the determinant of when the, when the get should take effect, and you were alive at the time, which means that the get took effect, which means that she is an, she's absolutely a Grusha, she shouldn't, she, she can't do Yibam, and she doesn't need to do Chalitza. So, the Gemara says, Chalitza Namiloti, Baye. And maybe Rav Huna is not 100% on board with Rav Yossi. Maybe he's in a state of doubt as to whether or not the Allah of Hazak Rav Yossi. The Gemara says, that's not true. So, so he, um, so, um, one of the Amarim got sick, got visited by a number of other Amarim. Including Ravuna, including Rav Nachman, and and while they were there, so in other words, during the visitation, what do you think they're going to do? What they always do during visitation, and they talk in Torah, and they want to know is Allah like Rav Yosi? I'm relay. So Rav Nachman says back to Ravuna, time of the Rav Yosi lo yadana Allahi by mine. So Rav Nachman says to Rabbi uh, to Ravuna, you know, I don't get it. Meaning, I literally don't understand. I don't understand the sheet of Rav Yosi, and now you want to, you want me to tell you whether the Allah falls like him or not. So Amalei, so Rav Huna says back to Rav Nachman, At by minei halacha, and time to Rav Yossi, ani amin, ani amin halach. Look, do me a favor. Just do what I ask you to do. It's funny. We normally don't see people talking to Rav Nachman like that. Usually, usually as, not, not that I know their personalities well, but you know, after, after a while, you start getting, a, you start developing a little bit of a flavor. Normally, Rav Nachman is the one who is a little bit more in the driver's seat. Rav Huna says to Rav Nachman, just find out for me whether the halacha is like Rav Yossi or not. In terms of understanding Rav Yossi, I'll handle that. In other words, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. So, by Minei, so Rav Nachman asked Rabbi Baravua whether or not the halacha falls like Rav Yossi. I'm Rav And a tradition that goes all the way back to Rav, and that is the halacha is like Rav Yossi. And, and, and that means to say now that Shtaro shall, uh, the, uh, sorry, Zmano shall the date on the document will, will, will be evidence, will be strong evidence in terms of when it want, when, when the document itself is going to be effective. Okay, now that Rav Nachman has a Masara that the Halach is in fact Rav Yossi, what about the explanation? Well, we already know it, meaning we already heard it earlier in today's daf, but now we get to hear it again, and that is this idea of Zman HaShoshtar Mochich Uh, quite frankly, I, I don't fully understand what Rav Nachman didn't see, meaning it's a pretty straightforward, I don't want to say simple, so, but it's a pretty straightforward explanation behind Rav Yossi, meaning that when I'm not sure when a document should be valid, so what will be the strongest marker on the document in terms of the time of validity, the date in, in, in which it was written. It seems to be a pretty straightforward explanation of Rav Yossi. Ah, so let's do a little bit more for tonight. Okay, Ella. So where are we right now? Okay, if you're following. So the uh, so and I understand the, the the second half of today's office is a little bit complicated. But if you're following, here's what happened. A get was issued. 
Uh, the husband obviously dated at the time of issuing it. In other words, there's no choice, by the way. You can't post and predate documents, right? It's true by monetary documents. It's true by, it's absolutely true by, it's true by any document. A, a document has to be dated on the time of writing. And so, but then you throw in the expression of imasi, together with my death, which by itself, Armisha told us that you want to get to be effective after you die and get lachemisa, therefore, law amarklam. That's our Mishnah. And that, and therefore, according to our Mishnah, what is she? A widow. A hundred percent widow? Okay, that's it, period. Rav Huna says, you know, that's our Mishnah, but I subscribe to Rav Yossi. And Rav Yossi says that when is the get going to be effective? From the time that it was dated. And from the time that it was dated, obviously, he was alive. Therefore, he was in a position to issue a get. Therefore, the get's going to be a valid get, and therefore, she's a divorcee. But then Rav Huna said, yeah, she's a divorcee, but she should do chalitza. In other words, if, if if her husband died without children and there was a surviving brother, she should do chalitza. And the Gemara is like, what, what, what? wait, 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 slow down. If Rav Hun is falling like Rav Yossi and Zmanu Chalav, so now, what, what? So now, so why why do chalitza at all? And and the Gemara says it's because of a suffix. What's the suffix? What doubt does Rav Huna have that he's having this woman now do chalitza when meanwhile he subscribes to Rav Yossi? So Ella Misafkalate, so the Gemara says, okay, so I'll suggest the following. And we are now on the top of the Amun base. Iamar Rav Yossi Baalpeh, Oloamar. Okay, so uh, what we're unsure about is the following. If let's say in the get itself, the get was written that this is my get after I die. La'achar Misa, Imasi, so forth and so on. And on, in the get itself, you also wrote the date in the get. Under those circumstances, according to Rav Yossi, now again, I know this is confusing because our mission tells us it's the, the get is not a good get. But in other words, what I'm asking all of us to do is leave our mission and go into the world of Rav Yossi. According to Rav Yossi, the date is the king. The date is the strongest marker that indicates when the document should be effective. It's going to be effective from the time that it was dated. And even though the get also said, we're understanding that as a condition. Okay. According to Rav Yossi. Now, our whole discussion now is according to Rav Yossi. So I don't really need to say that anymore. Now, what if instead of writing it into the document, he instead verbalizes it? Why should that be different? So Rashi explains, the Gemara doesn't explain, but Rashi explains because here, basically, I have now two modalities. Okay, I know I'm going to sound smart just for a moment. I have, on one hand, I have the actual get written down. And on the other hand, I also have his verbal declaration. It could be viewed, even according to Rav Yossi, even though normally the date on the document is the strongest marker. On the other hand, if he is also now giving verbal instructions, maybe his verbal instructions are there to override the the date on the document. You see, according to Rav Yossi, if I'm writing those instructions in the get itself, now everything's in writing. And now when everything is the same modality, so what do I look to as my strongest marker? The date. But if I have the, the date written on the get, that's one modality, and I then also have his verbal instructions, a second modality, maybe his verbal instructions are there to overwrite the instructions of the get. That's what the Gemara is entertaining right now. And the Gemara says, the Gemara says, I, I, I don't think you're right about that. Meaning, I don't think anyone doubts that. The Hatanan, we have a Mishnah. And this Mishnah is coming up a couple days from now. So uh, the, he says that the get is going to be 
Um, this get is going to be valid if I don't come back within 12 months and he dies within those 12, 12 months. The get is not going to be a good get uh, because the get was supposed to be effective only 12 months from now. And at that point in time, he was dead and ain't get That's That's the Mishnah. That, that just gets us started. And even though that's the Mishnah, but there's a group of rabbis who are of the position that, that she's allowed to get remarried. Meaning the get's going to be a valid get. You know, it's the same, it's the same court that allowed for the, uh, for the use of oil that's produced by non-Jews, right? Shemen Akum. The Gemara in Avodazara, Daf, Lamed Hey, Lamed Vav, thereabouts, has a long list of things where if produced by a non-Jew, you're not allowed to eat, uh, right? Milk, wine, okay, yeah, right? Yeah, just, and, and, and oil, oil was on the fence. And, and there was a group of Chachamim who allowed the oil that's produced by Nanjo. Uh, because they gave such a heter, so they, regardless, of course, we're not talking about Shemin Akum right now, but this court happened to have been known from time immemorial as the court that allowed Shemin. It, was, it, it must have been like a landmark decision. Anyway, uh, in other words, even though the get said that this get is only going to be effective 12 months from now, uh, but because the get obviously was dated from the time that it was issued, and the 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 court, you know, the oil court, <laughs> the oil the oil court subscribes to Rav Yossi, Zmano and even though it sounds like what he's doing is that he's post dating, he's not. Even though he says that the get will only be effective twelve months from now, yeah. But what's the strongest marker? The date on the get. Oh, okay, fine. So so the Gemara says, okay, so now I know, and oh, by the way, this is an important point, which I, which I didn't emphasize in the case that we just discussed, that he, the 12 months was a verbal condition. In other words, it wasn't written into the get, it was a verbal condition. And still, the, 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 the oil based in said that the verbal instructions are not going to override the date on the document because they subscribed to Rav Yossi. So right now, where do we stand right now? That if Rav Huna subscribes to Rav Yossi, the date is the strongest marker, not to be overwritten by anything, not to be overwritten even verbally, and so therefore, she should be a divorced woman, and so, why did Rav Yossi say, oh, I'm sorry, why did Rav Huna say, oh, she should also do chalitza? We're really back to square one. So the Gemara says, maybe, meaning, I know what Rav Yossi says, I'm not sure if that's the halacha, so the Gemara says, that too is not open for any kind of interpretation. So the Gemara says, look, the case cannot be as simply as it was written, because if that's true, we already knew it already from our Mishnah. The case under discussion must be a case where um, the, um, he did not say the words mehayom, so he just simply said, and, and, and it's going like Rav Yossi, and even though there was verbal, or a, a, a verbal condition that was put on top of the get, still, it would, if, if you hold like Rav Yossi, the date is always going to be the strongest indicator, which means that it's always going to go retroactive to the time of the get. Now, and Rabbanan, uh, the, uh, so the Gemara says, I'm sorry. Ugh. 
I skipped. So the Gemara says, okay. So look, if I'm asking Rava about whether the halacha falls like Rav Yossi, even when a verbal condition is attached to the contract, so the Gemara says, don't ask Rava because he's sure. And, and, I mean, you can ask Rava, but in other words, he has certainty. However, uh, uh, Rav Huna, remember, because all this is within the position of Rav Huna, Rav Huna does not have certainty. And because Rav Huna doesn't have certainty, so that's why he says, Chaletzes. So therefore, it took us a long time to answer, I'm not going to say a simple question, but one question, and that is Rav Huna subscribes to Rav Yossi, who says that the get is always going to go back to the, to the date on the get, even though the language, even if it's verbal, sounds like the get is not going to be effective later, it always is going to bounce back to the date written in the get, because he subscribes to Rav Yossi. And, according to Rav Huna, uh, if, there is, uh, if there's any language that's ambiguous, we always go back to the date. However, we have just now said that, according to Rav Huna, what he's not sure about, his uncertainty, is where there was a verbal condition put on top of the get. We're there now because it's a second modality, so maybe that verbal condition is there to override the, the date on the get. That's one possibility. Uh, really, what you could say is that uh, he said the words me'ayom and the verabanan, and the only reason why the Brisa, even though in the case of Me'ayom we already know what the Allah is, but maybe the other languages in the in the Brisa are there what we need where we need clarity. Okay, we're going to pause over here. We're going to start tomorrow. Okay, let's simply let's quickly recap our daf today. Okay, in the first half of today's daf, so the. Um, uh, we covered again the machlokus between Rav Yossi and Rabbi Rabbi Meir whether mila mimsrei mila la mimsrei, okay. And where and where do we land? That according to Rav Yossi mila la mimsrei period end of discussion. Meaning there is a school of thought that maybe Rav Yossi would say that Omer Imru, where if I'm not speaking to the principles but I'm speaking to the middleman, but I'm telling the middleman to talk to the principles, Rav Yossi would say that could that you could do. The Gemara says no, you cannot. In other words, whenever you're instructing and it's only instructions. You must be speaking directly to the principles. According to Rav Yossi, the only way you can authorize a get is only by speaking to the sofa directly and only to the Adam directly. That is part one of today's daf. That took us all the way to Ein Beis Amaralf. Ein Beis Amaralf, we're introduced to the big topic of, of Get La'achamisa. Get La'achamisa is that if you are writing a get, obviously while you're still alive, but you don't want the get to be effective until after you die, the get's not going to be effective. Why? And Get La'achamisa. And what we spent a lot of time in today's daf going over is uh, if I subscribe to Rav Yossi, our Mishnah does not. But if I subscribe to Rav Yossi, what is the strongest marker of when the get's going to be effective? The date. The date on the get. And therefore, according to Rav Yossi, even if language in the get indicates that we want it to be effective at a later time, even if verbal conditions are attached to the get, still, according to Rav Yossi, now on this last point that we just said, Rav Huna is not sure. Rav Huna is uncertain, meaning Rav Huna subscribes to Rav Yossi. Rav Huna certainly says that the date is the, is the strongest marker. However, where Rav Huna is a little bit uncertain about is that in the case where the get was written with language that doesn't matter what the language in the get is. In other words, obviously the get's going to be dated. So, and then you give verbal condition that tells us that the get is only going to be effective later. Here is the only case where Rav Huna says, even though I subscribe to Rav Yossi, I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure if Rav Yossi would tell us that the that the that the date on the get is going to be the strongest marker because there is a verbal condition that is postponing the get. Maybe the verbal condition is there to override the the date, and so therefore Rav Huna says I'd I'd be cautious in, in such a circumstance. And what does that mean practically in our scenario? In our scenario, caution means that we don't know that she's divorced. She may in fact be a widow, and therefore just to satisfy both possibilities, have her, have her do chalitza, have her do chalitza. I'd come. Brothers still allows for retroactive.